different opening today, but that's the scripture of the day, is fear not, because greater is he who is in us than he that's in the world. And that's 1 John 4, 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that is so true, especially for all the things that are going on today in the world. But I just wanted to uh, remind my listeners that I'm going to be going off of Blog Talk Radio as of October 1st. And uh, you can still, you'll still find us on the internet. If you search Prophetic News Radio, all the uh, platforms that I'm on will come up. So also the, uh, the feed should be transferred over to iTunes as well. But if you have any trouble finding me, just go to Prophetic News Radio. And we are moving over to Spreaker, and that's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. So... You'll find us there, or if not, in the search at Prophetic News Radio. Also, we have our two books on Amazon, Paula White, President Trump's Pastor. Believe it or not, I know it's like a Ripley's Believe It or Not, but... And uh, Seed Faith, Can a Man Bribe God? How False Teachers Manipulate and Hypnotize You for Offerings. And I, I... if anything I want to be remembered for, that would be the thing, is exposing seed faith scam. So all those things are available for you. But we're, we have, we're going, going to have a very interesting program today as we see the New World Order coming into fruition right before our eyes, and we probably always thought, I did anyway, well, that, I'll probably be dead before I ever see the rise of the Antichrist and the beast system, but we're we're seeing it. We're seeing it. So we have our guest today, our very special guest, Jackie Alnor. Hey Susan, how goes it? It's going okay, Jackie. And uh, so uh, this whole uh, idea of trying to control how people are are thinking. They want to control our thinking, and uh, they had those uh, three women on at uh, the World Economic Forum, wasn't that it? Yeah, yeah, it was on their their YouTube channel. Yeah, and uh, they had uh, one lady from the UN, one was from CNN, the other one, I don't remember, she was English. She, she was 
Yeah, she was a consultant to all the big wigs, all the powers that be on, you know, on strategies on how to get their message out and to stop everybody else's. <laughs> The, the thing that I, I and I'm going to play some of these audios, but the thing that was really frightening to me about this whole thing is that they want to actually control the narrative, and they're going to tell you what the truth is. And yeah. eventually, it'll 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 apply to the gospel. Oh, sure, because the gospel doesn't fit into their narrative. No, that's, that's very, very scary because when, when you listen to CNN, especially talk about fake news, talk about propaganda and this woman that works for them is saying with these other women that we have to control misinformation Yeah, well, they want to control it, and they, and anyone who doesn't agree with them are spreaders of misinformation, and their voices must be silent. Yeah, that's what they're saying. Anyway, let's play this one audio here. Advises many organizations on what they should do to combat disinformation. But to start our session, Melissa, I wanted to turn to you. When you took over in 2019, mm. running communications for the United Nations, I imagine you had on your agenda the sustainable development goals, yes. a lot of the big global issues that the UN tackles. Mm. I'm guessing that you probably didn't have on the list of things that you'd be looking at fighting global disinformation. How did that become part of your mission? Yeah, you're right. Um, it, was, it was certainly kind of bubbling in the background as a phenomenon, but it really exploded with COVID-19. But I think it exploded also in our own awareness of the phenomenon and the problem. And because, you know, as, as long as the social media platforms had become so dominant, uh, there was already a, a proliferation of mis and disinformation that was making, achieving what we were trying to achieve, a better world um, and a more inclusive, a more peaceful um, and harmonious world, it was making it more difficult. But with COVID-19, we realized very quickly we were in a communication crisis um, unlike any that we had ever been in before because um, this was a novel pandemic and we were asking the public around the world to do things that they were very uncomfortable doing. Um, and there was also so little known. We know that the communicating science um, from it from just looking back at communicating vaccines or communicating all kinds of science is is hard because, you know, it's not black and white. It's nuanced. And in this case, the virus was changing. And so and we, you know, we're used to as public health institutions or the U.N. or WHO putting out kind of press releases or dry documents in the form of PDFs. And meanwhile, very emotive content was going out, um, people expressing their fears. And, you know, people who are very active in the um, anti-vaccine scene and, and others were seizing the opportunity of people being so afraid as well and, you know, injecting um, disinformation and misleading information, fueled also by some leaders and, and governments. So it was this 
you know, it was a cacophony of information. WHO called it an infodemic, which meant it was, you know, if you were a user and you were trying to search, um, you were just confused because there was so much information. Some of it, some of it good, some of it, eh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, anything that didn't agree with their agenda, they call that disinformation. And, you know, they're, they're making the COVID thing, you know, the focus. But the truth of the matter is, now as, you know, as what, it's been about a year or so since the lockdown ended, that even Fauci had to admit that it, it, it destroyed the economies, not just here, but around the world, and that it really set back this, this whole young generation that missed school all that time, and that there's going to be no correcting that or no, you know, it's going to be a mess and that there were so many casualties of the students themselves who, you know, lost all that schooling. And so Fauci admits that, and he's, you know, he's in bed with the World Economic Forum. And so, you know, for for these people, you know, can you ever trust what the UN says um, or CNN for that matter? But it's you know they're 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 crying in their in their milk, you know, because it didn't people didn't go along with it like they thought that they would when this was you know it did more harm than good their so-called solutions, but boy they sure showed that they could take control of people's lives all over the planet. I guess that was a dry run for what's to come. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was very easy to take the control, but of course we were talking about a very deadly frightening virus that I know quite a few people that died and suffered terribly from it. So all around it was an awful time for all of us. Sure. But now there's, again, people are talking that they don't want people talking about it, that this it's coming out again. And I think even a lot of the mainstream media is showing that this whole thing was just an experiment. You know, the whole COVID-19 was an experimental, you know, in what would you call it, experiment on these, uh, what do they call it? I forget the name of the virus, they call it. But, but it was, they, the, the experimenting started here and then was transferred to Wuhan. So that Wuhan and, and then Chinese are mad because it originated from us and went to them and to continue the more dangerous, you know, experiments they were doing with it. And then it got out. Well, here, all that information is starting to come out now, but the so-called conspiracy theorists were pointing that out when the whole thing started, you know, back in 2019. And so the very things that the disinformation was saying, you know, three years ago is now coming out to be the, closer to the facts than what they were feeding us. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't rocket science to figure out that it didn't come from a wet market, which that was the first thing. Talk about disinformation that they put out. And uh, 
it, it made sense that it came, it was a lab leak or it was done as a, a form of terrorism on people. You, you just don't know, really, because people could, could spread a virus. How would you know who's doing it? I know. I hear they had everybody being afraid to eat bats. I guess we can all go back to eating bats now. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. It was diabolical, and uh, I, I see. I see now that people, their lives are kind of going back to normal. Not normal for everybody, but and so they let their guard down, and then it's eat, drink, and be merry until who knows what else there there is in store for the world in the days ahead. Yeah, the days ahead, like September 24th, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to play that shortly. Uh, I have yeah. two more clips on this disinfo, these ladies, okay. and then we'll, yeah, we'll go into that. Okay, let's play this yeah. second clip here. Um, give us a sense of how big a problem we're facing. This is something that a lot of people in the media talk about. It's something that you hear about, uh, you know, on on shows dedicated to kind of examining the media world. But is it something that really everyday citizens ought to be concerned about, or is it something that's small enough to be contained and we, you know, we should put some perspective to it? It is something that people should be concerned about. And I often say, we can't put everything back into a box that fundamentally our information environment will always be polluted in different ways. And that actually as citizens, we have to learn how to navigate polluted information environments. And like pollution, some of it is by people who are trying to make money and they don't care and they're polluting the environment. Some people are doing it for political gain. Um, so disinformation, which is people cre deliberately creating false information to cause harm, the amount of people doing that is relatively small, but they're pretty good at it because they, they're learning and they adapt and they evolve. The bigger problem is the fact that many citizens, all of us as humans, are susceptible. So as Melissa said, one of the reasons that the pandemic was such a difficult time was because we were all fearful. All of our lives were turned upside mm -hmm. down. And so when as humans we are frightened, we're scared, we're un unsure, our critical functions don't work as effectively. And so what that means is that we're all sharing information with each other, often trying to be helpful, but not understanding that actually it's false or misleading and it's going to lead to harm. So, you know, this panel is called Tackling Disinformation, but really it's all forms of polluted information that we should be aware of and taking different steps, you know, to stop Russian actors who are deliberately trying to destabilize a country. We need to take certain actions there to prevent Uncle Bob from sharing misleading information at the Thanksgiving table is a different set of responses. So it's all of these different things that we need to learn and understand in order for us to try and mitigate the harms of polluted information. Thanks for that. <laughs> and I, I want to bring Rachel in here, but I mean... <laughs> yeah, isn't that something... So, boy, what's Uncle Bob going to yeah, do at the well, Thanksgiving table? Yeah. You know, are they going to come in and grab Uncle Bob and put him in handcuffs and yeah, throw him against yeah, the yeah, wall? Yeah. Go on the disinformation <laughs> police. Well, they were going to set up that 
government agency for disinformation, which they probably have done it behind the scenes. Remember that? I remember that. And then I think there was too much pushback. And, and they were putting some wacko Antifa girl or something in charge of it, as I recall. Well, she, well, she was, she was, a, yeah, she was definitely strange. The one that they yeah. were appointing. Yeah. So, uh, but they said they were still going to do it, but they were going to change the name. So who knows? I've never seen so much propaganda in my life. I've never seen this kind of news reporting like we see now where they purposely lie about things. And they're they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen those clips that, you know, people like Tucker Carlson and others have put together of all the mainstream media saying the exact same words and they'll have a big screen with, you know, all, all their little faces of, and them talking at the same time, saying the exact same thing, okay? So, and using the same verbiage, it's, um, you know, it six the one half dozen of the other. They're all saying the exact same thing, and it is absolutely staged. And we're supposed to say, oh, that is truth. And so anything that some that an eyewitness might see happening in one of these places that they're talking about and says something different, that's the misinformation, not hardly. Because see, what, what they, it, is, it isn't just Uncle Bob, because it's also, you know, they will, they will put the thumbs on the, those two doctors, one that invented the MRA, you know. MRNA, yeah. Yeah, MRNA stuff. They'll shut him up, even though he knows what he's talking Dr. about. Malone, they, I think his name is. Yeah, Malone, Malone. And then, so they're shutting up the absolute experts because it is CNN and, and MSNBC who say that they looked into everything and talked to the experts. And so they don't want to hear from your experts. They, they, they only want to pick and choose the experts that go along with, with their agenda. Well, yeah, but... Yeah, it's definitely their agenda because they don't uh, they don't bring people on that have been injured by the vaccine, and there are some people that have been injured. Mm-hmm. So you have to present both sides, and, and the mRNA vaccine wasn't really a vaccine. It didn't contain any live virus. It was it was meant to change the way your immune system worked or something. It's weird. And actually, yeah. think in what country was it? Denmark, I think, uh, where they're, they're not allowing people to be vaccinated anymore, except maybe if you're over oh, Yeah, maybe if you're over yeah, 50. I think it was Denmark. Yeah. Well, it's about time. But uh, there was something else in the news recently where you know, the, the Trudeau guy up in Canada, our neighbor to the north, where he ordered, what, 400, what was it, 400 million um, doses, new dosages of this stuff. And, and they don't have, they only have, what, 40 million people or something like that, and they ordered all 400 million dosages or something real crazy like that. I don't have the numbers right in front of me, but it was, it was like 100 times more dosages than there are people in Canada. Well, they want, they're pu- pushing a fourth one now. So they, yeah. maybe that's what it was, is that 
they'll just keep every year they're saying, well, you get your flu shot. So get now some people probably had the shot and they're happy with it. So that's okay. Well, you can't cross over into Canada without proving you had the jab and, and not just one jab, but whatever the up to the minute requirement is. And they're still requiring that. Now I've seen others that I follow. I see people that I follow on, on, um, on YouTube, some of the ones that do the traveling and they got into, um, they couldn't get into Canada without that proof, but they had no problem getting into, into America. America wasn't doing that. Just going into Canada, the Canadians don't have to prove it. They can just be right led across the border, but not the other way around. Yeah. It's, it's strange how, uh, liberal and to the left Canada has become because you would think that they were at one time very conservative. Well, not since Castro's illegitimate child got in. <laughs> you know that rumor, right? <laughs> yeah, I heard that rumor. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a strange guy. But you see these, uh, you see these strange people coming up, and they're young. They yeah. have, they have yeah. that Macron in France, and then they have this guy yeah. in Canada, and uh, then they've got that governor, governor Newsom, and these people are weird. They're they're uh, strange. Well, Newsom's not that young. I think the uh, leader of Australia isn't it a woman, and she I think is, is young. Um, but you know, it's New Zealand. Like- that's the woman. Oh, is it New Zealand? It so. seems like all of the realm of the of of the royalty, you know, the ones that have the queen on their money, yeah, those yeah, countries, yeah. South South Africa and Australia, New Zealand and Canada, the ones that have the queen on their money, they seem to be the strictest of them all. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's strange how it all happened so fast that you see how governments have changed and then also how these district attorneys are behaving in cities by no bail and not locking people up. And the things that are going on, it's just, I I can't believe that Americans really are for all this stuff. Yeah, well, it's the ones who are in the pocket of the climate change people, you know, the UN and the World Economic Forum and all of those using this this climate change in order to stop people from being able to travel. You know, the whole assault on on the uh, fossil fuels, that fuels, as they call them, and, you know, they all want to go solar. And of course, everybody is just laughing at that now because of those who have electric cars in California, and 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 Newsom is saying he, you know, by 2030 doesn't want to sell any, you know, anything but electric cars in California. And then they they had a, uh, they 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 ran out of electricity one day. Said, oh, you can't go charging your cars today. You know, we're yeah. we're having a high demand because of the high temperatures. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It's, it's a, a recipe, method. yeah, but it's a recipe for disaster because how are they going to produce enough electricity for all these cars? Well, I don't know, but I can't wait to get on a uh, electric-powered jet airplane. 
Oh no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Hold on a minute. Yeah, girl, that yeah, so I'll play this third clip of this the disinfo 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 ladies. You have a huge portfolio at CNN, but you know, you're in a position where you know, CNN is both an organization that's trying to make sense of the world and trying to establish the facts. It's also part of a political war on who owns the narrative. And you're also now facing these folks that Claire just alluded to, who are in a professional business of fabricating disinformation in order to make your life even harder. How do you and your colleagues kind of go about looking at that disinformation environment, you know, is this something that, you know, you've become used to, or is it something that's, you know, you're still learning to kind of navigate and learning to kind of make your way through? Claire did such a good job with the framing of this as polluted information. I find that a really helpful way to think about it, because as we navigate this environment, the information being put out that is deliberately wrong is all mixed together with information that is is wrong, misleading, dangerous, no matter what the original intent of the information is. So we are navigating this in, in different ways and in different spaces. We've been very much in the space around the 2020 U.S. presidential election, the claims of uh, a stolen election, the false claims, the whole stop the steal movement that We've been really pressing to give audiences the facts because the strength of our democracy is in our institutions and the public trust in the institutions. It becomes very complicated when there is not an agreed upon set of, of facts and a single narrative. There are the facts and in the media, it's our job to continue to point those out, uh, no matter what the politicization around it is. Yes. Wow, it's their job to, to get to tell you what the facts are, and you don't get to look so into the facts yourself. <laughs> and, 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 you know, that's exactly what, they're, what I'm trying to say, that nobody has a right except for them to tell you what the facts are, yeah. because they're the news media. Yeah. Well, they're not giving us facts anymore. They used to give us facts. Now they give us their opinion on yeah, the facts. Yeah, 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 opinions, yeah. Why don't you giving us the facts and then we'll form our own opinion the way it used to be when we still had some freedom left. Yeah. But they don't, they, they want to tell you how you must interpret the facts. And, uh, and if you disagree, then, you know, pretty soon you, you'll be put on a list of, of, you know, of the non-conformists and you'll have a, um, instead of a credit score, you'll have a social score that says, well, this person doesn't agree with us, so we're going to remove their PayPal account or we're going to close their yeah, bank account. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to put a stop to them and give them no voice and take them all off of social media, which they've done to those that, that they feel are leaders in what they call disinformation, when all these people are doing is grabbing information from from better sources and then putting it all together and analyzing it. And it's a different analysis. I mean, you can have different facts. I remember when I was working at 
one of the California State Universities, and I got into it a bit with one of the professors, who she was actually my boss, <laughs> but but she was, you know, they were they were complaining about about the infiltration in schools of creation science. Yeah, and uh, and so I said, well, wait a second. I said, can't can't people who believe in creation science come at the facts through the grid of creationism the way you all go through the grid of evolution? You have that presupposition of evolution when you're looking at the facts, and then you go from there. And they and and she tried to say, oh, we well, don't have presuppositions, and and this was in a group discussion with a whole bunch of other faculty and. And someone was saying, oh, what? yes, we do. <laughs> you know? and, and she said, well, I said, so see, you're just coming at the facts from, from your, through your grid, and we come at it through the creation grid. And, and so our, I think the creation grid gives a better explanation that's more believable and, and has less loose ends than the evolution one. So, so you know, these liberal things, so, Again, this is a secular university, as liberal as you can get where I was working. And uh, that's just the way that that's part of the controls over the people is, is, is the way they've gotten controls over the school system. I'll play this clip. For Americans okay. who are unaware, Coronation Street isn't just a TV soap opera. It's the world's longest running TV soap opera. It's part of the fabric of British culture. Think Friends in the 90s if it had been running since the 1960s. But even in these times of fragmented media, Coronation Street enjoys a loyal audience of 6 million viewers per episode. And it's on three times a week, every week, with each episode being an hour long. But surely it's insane to suggest that the British government's infamous nudge unit, otherwise known as the Behavioural Insights Team, the same social engineering body that was exposed for producing lurid propaganda during the first lockdown, that was deliberately designed to terrify the British public into unquestioning compliance, using what they admitted to be unethical and totalitarian methods of mind control, it would be silly to suggest that they were involved in writing scripts for TV soap operas. Wouldn't it? Well, we know for a fact that an agency of the UK government, the Health and Safety Executive, according to their own website, quote, has been working with the production team of popular TV soap Coronation Street. If the government is working with Coronation Street to insert storylines about gas safety, do you think it's feasible that they may be working with them to insert storylines about other issues? It can be dangerous. It was also revealed that top UK policing authorities had worked with Channel 4 soap Hollyoaks helping them insert a script into the show about a character getting sucked into far-right extremism. This at a time <laughs> when the UK had just suffered multiple terror attacks carried out by Islamic extremists. And then the very next month, we saw a BBC soap opera feature the storyline about a man converting to Islam to find peace. Whenever you see this logo, it means social engineering about climate change has been interwoven into a TV show. This is Albert, an environmental organisation founded by the BBC. Albert works directly with all the major broadcasters, BBC, ITV, Channel 4, Sky, Netflix, to insert both overt and subliminal messaging about the climate crisis, the message, into television shows. Similar to product placement, this is known as planet placement. As Austin Williams writes for this week's Spectator, in the run-up to COP26, the producers of Casualty, Coronation Street, Doctors Emmerdale, EastEnders, Holby City and Hollyoaks 
worked together on a climate change storyline. Some people might argue that social engineering in fictional TV shows is an important necessity. I mean, we have product placement. Why not propaganda placement? Good propaganda, that is. Well, the difference is they have to, by their own rules, tell the audience that there's product placement in the programme before it airs. From Ofcom's regulations, if a UK programme contains product placement, the TV channel must show a special logo. This tells viewers that the TV channel or programme maker was paid to include products in that programme. So it's unethical for the programme maker to show a can of Coke without warning the viewer. But it's totally fine for them to be working hand in glove with government, literally writing scripts, without warning the viewer. Hmm, interesting. And if propaganda placement is so benign and pure... Why not be transparent about it? Strangely enough, when the rest of the country was still under the first lockdown, the government gave the green light for Coronation Street and EastEnders to return to filming. They were also allowed to film when the rest of the country was under a winter lockdown and everything else was closed. It was very important, according to the government, that these shows stayed on air while everyone else was shut inside with their face glued to screens. Now, yeah, that was... Paul Joseph Watson out of uh, London. And, you know, this is nothing new. Uh, there's a book written by Mark Dyke called Hollywood Propaganda, How TV, Movies, and Music Shape Our Culture. And uh, let me read just a couple paragraphs, pages 18 and 19 from the book. He writes, G-L-A-A-D, the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation, has been aggressively lobbying Hollywood for years to include gay and transgender characters in television series and films. One of their current aims is to pressure studios to include gay characters in 20% of films by the year 2021 and 50% of all films by the year 2024. Now, this book was written in 2020. And the next paragraph says, each year they release, speaking of GLAAD, they release their Studio Responsibility Index, a report where they track their progress and complain that mainstream entertainment isn't gay enough. They even have what they call the GLAAD Media Institute that has drawn up a roadmap for Hollywood to grow LGBTQ inclusion in film. And we see that how that is now. You can hardly see a movie without a gay character. Yeah. And and then of course then that that goes over into uh, our culture and everything and the pronouns and all the nonsense where they're trying to force this correct speech upon the entire populace. Oh yeah, they they were doing that when. Uh... I was in England in the 1990s. I saw that on TV. They had certain buzzwords, like they didn't say my husband or my wife. They were saying partner. And I was saying, to them, what's a pa partner? What's a partner? It's not your husband or your <laughs> wife. But they were ahead of us as far as their, the way they wanted people to talk and to phrase things. Yeah, partner used to be a, word, a term we would use for someone we're in business Yeah, we're with. in business. I was like, what, what's a partner? My partner. I'm like, they, don't, they didn't want to say I'm married to a, to a man or a woman. And this was in the 1990s when they were trying to cor uh, correct their speech. And so you see now they're doing that here where they're telling those 
people in the, was it the Marines you said that they couldn't call their mother and father, mother and father? Right, right. So yeah. Yeah, it wasn't inclusive enough. Yeah. Uh, and this is only a small percentage of the population that you have these kind of people, but all of a sudden now it's the big thing. And it's the big thing in the schools where, or they're uh, trying to get children to have these gender reassignment surgeries and taking puberty blockers. And uh, no, a child doesn't know what it wants. I didn't really mature until I was 50. So <laughs> it, it takes a long time to mature. <laughs> yes, yes. And, uh, it's really damaging to children, even into even to teenagers. They too aren't old enough to oh, know. Oh, you don't know what you want when you're a teenager. You, no. you just make so many stupid mistakes when you're growing up. And so, no, you can't yeah. allow these children to be disfigured. That's what mothers and fathers are there yeah, for. Yeah, that's what mothers and fathers are there for, exactly. <laughs> And then they, and, and now they're getting the military. It just came out. I was, I just shared it on Facebook today, this article about the, um, the, the Air Force Academy telling the students not to refer to their parents as mother and father. What? You know, because, yeah, yeah, no, they have to have a generic term for referring to mothers and fathers because some people have two mothers or two fathers or whatever, and you're going to offend your fellow soldiers. So don't call your parents mother and father <gasps> and see so, so getting control in every social social thing you know what they're doing they're doing what the nar claimed that that we could do and that is taken over the seven mountain mandate i don't think that you know people like you know like lance wall now came up with the seven mountain mandate they just took it from you know the things that the universities were already teaching is how to infiltrate all the areas of influence in society. Well, they're winning. And you know why they're winning and why we will never win on that battlefield is because the world is not ours. The world is not our own. They speak for the world because they are of the world. We are ambassadors of Christ. We speak of the world to come of and, and, and uh, his kingdom. But his kingdom is incompatible with this one. And those incompatibilities are showing up bigger and in your face now that you have so much communication through social media, through the internet, now everybody's ideas are, are clashing with, with each other. You've got, you know, the, the good and the evil and, you know, what's that old saying that an irresistible force coming against an immovable object? Well, that's what's happening and that's why it's going so crazy. It is because of communication. In fact, these three ladies are saying, well, you know, this, 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 these platforms where anybody can say whatever they want. You know, we didn't anticipate this. We didn't see all the problems that that was going to cause when all the freedom of ideas were flowing like this. We couldn't put a stop to it. And they were lamenting like how horrible for yeah, everybody to yeah, talk. Yeah. But what it's really doing is showing the difference that we Christians are not, our ideas, Christianity and the Bible is not going to be accepted by by the children of the devil. And if you're not the children of God, you're a child of the devil. And so, like Jesus says, you're of your father, the devil. Yeah, well, the it, devil, yeah. yeah. So, so do you think we're going to convince the devil 
to operate on Christian principles without even being converted? I don't think so. No, it's not popular. No, no, no. We're not of the world. <laughs> no, no, no way. No. They don't. So it's useless, you know. <laughs> they don't think like us at all. Not no, so we're not going to win on that battlefield. We will not win on the social culture battlefield. Battlefield. No, I'm sorry. We, no, we, we never have. No, you never have. Uh, now that we're talking about this, because I'm just, I have to remember to say this because last week, when I was doing my program, and I was talking about the lockdowns, and so I got an email from a listener. And I guess she misunderstood me because she said, how could I accept uh, government and tyranny by locking down churches and not allowing people to meet? But that that isn't what what I meant. What I meant by that is this. Some pastors, and Rodney Howard Brown, for instance, he said to people that he wasn't going to lock down his church and that if you came to his church, you wouldn't catch COVID there. No, there would be no way that you could catch it. And there was a few pastors that were saying that. And of course, that's not true at all, that just because you go to his building, yeah, you're going to be protected. And if, if I was a pastor, I'm not for government interfering in churches. No, I'm not for that at all. So I want wanted to make that clear. But what I am for is for pastors protecting their congregants. And if there is a pandemic that's as virulent as the COVID-19 was, and it was spread through talking and singing, and it was spread through the air. And, and uh, so why ask people to come to a building and meet and be close together in a closed environment when it would be safer for them to stay at home and go online until it was then safe to uh, meet in buildings. So that's my explanation for that. I don't want people to misunderstand to think that I was taking the side of the government on the lockdowns, but no, I'm taking the side of a person like myself. There was no way I was going into a, a building to sing and hug people and whatever during a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just common sense, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> how many times have, I mean, just forget the pandemic. How many times have you been in church and the guy next to you is is coughing and sneezing into his hand and then the guy up front on the stage says, okay, everybody, shake uh, hands with the guy. Yeah, exactly. I will. <laughs> No, I, I, I know from personal experience how many times I caught something at church. And so, yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't, this was before coronavirus or right. I caught I something. Mean, it's sense. Yeah, it's just common sense. It's like you don't have to have a PhD to figure it out. So I, I said that pastors that didn't close their buildings uh, until it was safe to meet I I found I found that to be a gross error on their part, just to, that's because they were going to defy the government and say, 
we're going to keep our building open. It wasn't about defying the government. It was about the fact that maybe people could get sick and, and die, which people were dying and they were suffering. I know, I, 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 I know two, first, personally, I know two pastors who died from COVID. Yeah. Okay. Two of them. And, you know, and, and you know, at, at the church I was going to, when the first lockdown came down, uh, we were told, well, don't come to church this week because the pastor and the entire worship team came down with it. Yeah. Yeah, the entire worship team. The ones, like you were saying, who were singing in with the spittle. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. that's how it was spreading. So that's why they yeah. had six, stand six feet apart and try not to uh, spit on people, excuse me. And uh, so, so, yeah, it just made sense. So... I want people to understand that I, I don't believe in the government interfering in, in the church and the church is not a building anyway. So even if they closed up every building, we're still the church. Nobody is going to stop the gospel from going forth. We cannot be stopped. And so, yeah. uh, I'm not afraid if, if, uh, if we go to a building, we don't go to a building, we're still the church. We can still meet. We still have ways that we can fellowship together over the phone, over the internet. Uh, and so, anyway, I just wanted to, while I was thinking of it, I was going to talk about it before we got started on the program, but I completely forgot. But I wanted to clear it up because I don't want anybody to misunderstand or to try to put words in my mouth or maybe I didn't say it correctly. And uh, But I know for me, there was no way I was going anywhere near a building. I still don't go. Uh, and put myself at risk because there's still people that are getting sick from this thing. So, well, you know, it all put an end to those old good old potlucks we used to enjoy, right? <laughs> yeah, it put, it put an end to a lot of the things we used to do. It really changed. Yeah. It really changed how we did things. It really did. Oh, but yeah. I, I yeah, can yeah. I can adapt. I can adapt to things if I have to, and and so. For me, I just adapted to what I had to do to try to stay healthy, and I could, I could, I still see that with some people, although some people have had it and they had the antibodies, or they, uh, it's not as bad as it was when it first came out. When it first came out, it was so deadly. It was well, I know, and that's when the lot of the big mega churches were complaining about not being able to gather. Well, come on, you want your people to get sick? I couldn't understand that. I w that to me was unbelievable that they were complaining that they couldn't gather. Like, why would you want to gather? And you're, and then somebody winds up on a ventilator in a hospital. It's like, is that, is it worth it? <laughs> you know, to me, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I didn't understand their logic. I, I would think that a pastor would say, no, we're going to close the building until it's safe to meet there. When it's safe, we'll, uh, then we'll meet or we'll meet outside or we'll have online church, which is fine. What's wrong with online church? You, some of them, some of the churches grew and increased their numbers actually by having uh, their services online and people going online. So... I guess some some of the 
pastors wanted the bodies in the seats. It's easier to get the money that way. Yeah, I know. But, you know, a lot of people, they do miss the corporate worship and the and having, you know, communion and things like that that isn't as easy to do online. But so, I mean, it's understandable that people want to gather, but if they, but if it means risking each other, you know, then, you, you know, and there are every town, every city and every area had the current COVID numbers of, you know, of the local ones. And there were certain places in our country that really didn't have a problem with it. And I think that, that in those states, they could have used, you know, said, hey, we can still gather. Let's just, you know, let's just not give each other the sloppy agape hug every time, you know, and just use some common sense and still meet when there wasn't any breakout where they were. Yeah. The whole thing, it, it was it was regional when this thing came down. So everybody shouldn't have been treated the same because not everybody was, was have, at the same risk. But, every, you know, anyway, I'm just, well, you know, I'm glad that this one's over. But you know what? After what happened, where everybody sits here saying, okay, what's next, right? What's next? Well, uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whoever thought we were going to go through that, that was yeah. shocking. Yeah, it was a yeah. shock to all of us to have to go through that. But we're in the end times. Bill, Bill, remember what Bill Gates said? He ain't seen nothing yet. Yeah, well, <laughs> him and his GMO corn, he just made a video praising the eating of GMO corn. He loves corn, and he loves GMO corn because it's, oh, it's it resists pests and, yeah. Oh, anyway. So uh, you sent me these clips here. Uh, which one do you want to play first of the ones that you well, sent? I, I was going to say the September 24th one because we talked about that. Okay. In today's show, we're looking at the date, the 24th of September now. It's a date that's gone viral on TikTok as the new doomsday date uh, should we be scared? And what's this all about? At the root of this conspiracy theories is uh, this is speech right here made by uh, Frederick Merz, party leader of the CDU in Germany, who was speaking in the Bundestag. This uh, phrase that he says right here is what sparked a global blackout panic online as people wonder what will happen on September 24th. Uh, what he says in this clip right here is this 24th September will remain in our memories in the future. We'll say I remember where I was on that day. We contacted the German CDU spokesperson uh, to find out what Frederick Merz really meant by citing this date, September 24th. Uh, the spokesperson explains that Mr. Merz uh, meant February 24th, which is the beginning of the Russian attack on Ukraine, and mistakenly said September 24th, so it was an unintentional error. Uh, but this video has also been continuously been used as uh, a, for conspiracy theories online. We have this example right here where someone is preparing for a catastrophe or an evacuation in the city of Denver. So once again, this video taken out of context on uh, social media. So will anything happen on September 24th? Most probably not. Uh, this is just another fake doomsday uh, date and a viral video that's been taken out of context tom okay catalina well i hope uh, you've got some good plans for saturday because uh <laughs> who knows what's going to happen on the 24th of september thank you very much indeed catalina marchandero with today's edition of truth or faith that's funny that was a french a french 
France, France uh, uh, news show, and it doesn't sound like the host uh, really belie believed it was just a hoax, you know, because he said, well, well, let's wait, see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, but the thing is, they, we, we couldn't really play the clip because it was in German, oh. <laughs> you know, and we can't, and, and you can't read the, you know, like the, the the words on the bottom of the screen when we're on when we're on uh, when we're not on video, yeah. but you know he did say that 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 this September twenty fourth two thousand twenty two was going to be one of those days that you will always remember what you were doing and where you were uh, on that date. Well, and then now his so his office said like what she reported. Oh no, he just he just got it was. He meant he, he. This happened. He was talking on on February. Uh, he was talking in February, and he meant to say uh, February twenty fourth because this was recorded on the twenty second, and he 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 just misspoke. Well, I don't buy that. He didn't. You know how many people in February think that you're in the month of September? Now I can no. understand <laughs> if you think January or March, yeah. you know, yeah. the popular one or the next one, but not all the way from the second month to the ninth. That, that's ridiculous. And um, so, so whatever he was talking about, you know, they're saying, oh, so, so many conspiracy theories have come out of it. Well, when an official makes a statement like that and doesn't explain it, that, that is, that's how conspiracy theories are born. Now, I, I love my daughter's conspiracy theory for this one. And I sure hope that, I mean, she's not saying, oh, I, that, that's going to happen. But she says that what we should look out for, let's say that a nuclear bomb is set off in Ukraine tomorrow, okay, or when September 24th comes along, that there's a, a nuclear bomb that is set off, and it happens to happen on September 24th. And what that would do, that would, if they, then Russia is going to, of course, get the blame for it, and uh, then that's going to compel NATO and America to retaliate, and we could end up going global with a whole nuclear war that's going to lead to, like, nuclear winter, you know, where the the portion of the light of the sun will disappear. It would, it would be a global mess if the, all of those nuclear weapons started flying back and forth, you know, between Russia and Europe and here. Uh, that's not going to be very pretty. But one thing we will know if something like that happened is that Russia didn't do it because Russia isn't telling people what dates they're going to be setting some, uh, a nuclear bomb off. They're not going to do that. They, they, no, they're not going to do that. Okay. But, it's not going to live underground. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past past the Ukrainian guys who, who along with the climate change people and World Economic Forum, the ones who want to create more chaos, that they could get together and plan that for that specific state. That wouldn't surprise me. Well, they're not going to live underground either. Not, not now. Well, no, I know, but I'm just saying that they would probably find some faraway place that doesn't matter and they can get by with it. Well, they'd that. have to put it, yeah, because they were testing, yeah. testing things right. out well, in uh, New Mexico could, and different places. Yeah. No, no it, it would be Ukraine. And then, and then Trump has already, not Trump, excuse me, Biden has already said, oh yeah, we, you know, we would retaliate in kind. And, and when you see oh, these kinds of- Oh, not going to do that. Well, let's, let's, I'm just saying, my daughter was just saying, 
if there's a nuclear bomb on that date and they say it came from Russia, know this, it didn't. Yeah, but like you said, it'd have to be in some far-off place because these guys, they'd have to go underground. No, and they're not going to do it. Their their egos are too big. So they can talk all they want about nuclear this and nuclear that. They're not going to do it. No. Well, there's, that's, that's, see, there's a lot of theories. There's, um, you know, there's this launch that's taking place. But, but of course, that's not till Monday of uh, NASA sending a, um, some unmanned rocket to bl- try to blast at some asteroid. And so there's people saying, oh, maybe they don't want to cause a panic. And so they don't want people to know that we have asteroids heading our way. And they know it's going to hit on September 24th, but they aren't sure where it hits. And if they said anything, there'd be a panic. So therefore, it's kept secret. I, these are the kinds, this is, these are the kinds of conspiracy theories that come out when somebody in official makes a statement like that and doesn't describe it. I mean, there's only three events that I remember what I was doing when it happened because it was that eventful. And uh, the last one, of course, was 9-11. We, it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. we all remember that. Well, I was in the fifth grade, so it gives away my age, when the Kennedy assassination yeah, we happened. Know, we, we never forget that. Never. I know exactly where I was. And the yeah. other one was when Bobby Kennedy was killed because I was living in Los Angeles County at the time. And Bobby Kennedy, the day before, had just, you know, paraded down Imperial Highway. And my family, I didn't go, but my family and a whole bunch of my friends went over there and shook hands with Bobby as he was, you know, campaigning in L.A. And then the next day at the Ambassador Hotel, you know what happened. And I was sitting there watching it live with my family in the living room. And uh, and he gave the speech, and you know, remember he waved everybody off, and that, you know, we'll see you next in wherever it was, whatever he said. I think it was that line was. The security and that, breakdown what, there was. Horrible. Yeah, and so we walked out of that out of the living room, and my sister screamed and said, "Get back in here!" Because you know the shots and all the chaos started happening, and uh, yeah, so we remember those are the three events. Now, those are big events because it's the president, it was, it was the potential president, and then again, it was it was 9-11. So yeah. that guy was not, not talking about some war that started on Ukraine with Ukraine in February. That that Do we all remember where we were when that happened? Of course not. That's why it doesn't fit what the man said, so it's bogus. So we don't know what they have in store. But if something does happen on the 24th, know that it was the it was the shadow government deep state responsible for it and whoever they blame it on it ain't that that well, we it, can it's a crazy situation anyway the whole thing that's going on with russia and ukraine because i can't believe that this war has lasted this long russia is like ukraine is like this tiny little country and russia is four times the size of the united states at least you know they have all the weapons and everything they need to win this war. I don't understand, really. I haven't figured out yet what's really going on over there, but that's for another day. Anyway, which clip well, do you want to play next? Oh, well, we can start with the number one. You can do the one, two, three. The one, two, three punch. <laughs> the bang? No, the BBC. bang's number two. Okay. The- yeah, the first one was the Nova. Oh, okay, Nova. All right. 
Good evening, folks. This is a video about all the evidence that the Sun is a recurring micronova star. We pieced together various previous videos, and at the end, you will possess all the terrifying evidence that what's happened before did in fact happen, and is about to happen again. We have only one way to explain all the Earth evidence, impactors, nova-level isotopes, magnetic reversal, and more. And now we also know they can't call us crazy anymore for saying micronova exist, and that the Sun's being in the exact center of a giant plasma bubble is probably no coincidence at all. Finally, the nearby stars have had their outbursts, and the solar system is changing quickly now, including the Sun and interplanetary space. We are due in time, right on the cycle, and everything you would expect to see with that cycle, and which is implied by the physics at work, is in fact happening now. That's about a hundred coincidences you would need to ignore on top of perfect math and model coming together to match observations. What all these changes are leading to is the solar micronova, and while it won't destroy the Earth, it will take out several species, and somewhere between 50 to 90 percent of humans. There's no hiding from this reality, and with it due sometime in the next 28 years, it's time to get ready, because the one thing all survivors of the last event have in common, they seem to be preparing to hide from the sky. Now, now that's Ben Davidson. His, his uh, YouTube channel is called Suspicious Believers, or Suspicious Observers, I think, not Believers, Suspicious Observers. And, uh, but he is a scientist, and he has done some pretty good uh, earthquake, uh, uh, you know, experiments as far as the sunspots going off and things like that, and the earthquakes happening as a result and things. So he's, he's an interesting guy, but he really, you know, there's a whole lot of places on YouTube. You can look up mag magnetic reversal of the poles. And uh, that it seems to be speeding up. They had anticipated that, you know, the North Pole, Pole would become the South Pole and vice versa, you know, within 100 years. And now they're speeding it up, or they say the magnetic reversal is speeding up so that that is really going to happen within the next 20, 25 years. And so, uh, uh, and then he was showing also on one of, not, I don't know, it wasn't from that one, but I followed, why I keep an eye on what's going on with the, with the solar stuff uh, through his channel, uh, so you know, suspicious observers. But he is, you know, showing how it's exponentially increasing this magnetic reversal, and he shows how it's connected to like all the whales beaching themselves and stuff. Yeah. And certain animals, animals and birds that depend on on the polar, you know. Uh, the magnetic pole and all of that, how they're getting all confused over what's going on with this reversal. So um, it, it's just interesting, you know, especially when you look at Bible prophecy and all these things that are like happening, these strange different things in nature and in society and all these areas where it's all coming together even more so at a time like this. But he, uh, he did on one of his programs this week, um, he showed all the filthy rich billionaires and where and how they're all building underground places where they all know that this is coming, that this this magnetic reversal is is could kill it could kill ninety percent of the population is what he's saying. Of course, we know that that's not the way things end. Yeah, uh, you yeah. know, we we know that biblically, this guy's not not coming from the Bible. Okay? Yeah. he's he's a secular scientist. 
but so we know it's not going to go down that way but a whole lot of other phenomenon can be subscribed i suppose to these kinds of things that are going on in nature and uh, and so this he see his big thing is that it's not human beings that are causing any sort of climate change or extreme weather and all these things it is what is actually going on that most of the science science communities are in agreement with all of their main uh, papers and things that they do in in their in their community recognize the the solar maximum that's going on and the potential partial nova is what he was talking about so I just find that stuff interesting because there's going to be signs in the heavens and all kinds of things that are going to cause such fear, you know, during the tribulation anyway. Yeah. But if we, but if we're close to that time, then it's no surprise that certain things are happening as far as signs in the heavens and things that are coming upon the earth that is causing fear that will be. And if and and could we be seeing the start of those things with things like this and like the other that I gave you on the on um, on what was going on as far as the the UFO angle also that these sightings whatever these lights and these things are that can't be identified not that they're coming from people from other planets but it's no. just it, you know because no, I, <laughs> but, there was even a a, a uh, author of some kind of strange books that was on Christian television, I'll put it in quotes, saying that human beings were having sex with aliens. <laughs> I I had to take a double take when I heard that. I'm like, am I really hearing that on, on Christian television? Wow. Yeah. Well, but you, you know, some of that harkens to demonology and the, the you know, the, the, the stuff that is said about the... Um, Oh, what do they call those? Um, it's been so long since I've even looked at that stuff. These supposed demons that there's there's a name for the ones that supposedly have sex with, with females and then ones with males. Yeah, um, yeah, but they don't. That's been part of demonology for a long time. Yeah, well, it's 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 a myth because they don't have the parts. Well, yeah. <laughs> But you see, there's got to be a, a, an increase in mythology. Well, there's definitely the an increase in mythology, but you're seeing that in the church. That's the thing that scares yeah. me is, I'm yeah, I'm seeing an increase in mythology in the church, and it's not supposed to be there. But Yeah, there's lots of that going on. Yeah, there's lots of that going on. And even uh, when... Uh, somebody that claims to be a Christian and then they lie and they lie outright and yet people are still trying to defend the person without calling them out on the lie. It's, it's a strange time we're living in. Well, yeah. And, and because truth is just being all muddled. Yeah. It's, it's, it's being, being all muddled. Yeah. And I, I remember the name now. We're talking about succubus and incubus, oh, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And those, so, so these kinds of ideas have been in demonology and in paganism and things for a very long time. As, now, as far as them being able to replicate and, and uh, have babies, there's, there's, no, there's no biblical uh, precedence for anything like that. Oh, there's no 
And uh, anyway, I, I won't get off into the whole Nephilim thing. <laughs> yeah, well, because that's, that's for another day. Whole, that's for another day. <laughs> Okay, so we have which one now? Bang or the moon? Yeah, bang. The bang. bang. There are some discrepancies in the study of the universe. Scientists believe we are wrong about the Big Bang and the universe. This assertion shocked the astronomy community and has been mentioned as the crisis in cosmology. The crisis has gone terribly bad, taking more scientists by surprise as new models and calculations punch big holes in the Big Bang theory that we perceive to be the gospel for many years. The Big Bang Theory requires the existence of dark matter, but unfortunately, dark matter has been this mysterious particle that has actually never been observed in a laboratory despite the billions of dollars in extremely sensitive experimentation on the many observations of the motions of galaxies and the ballistics of dark matter in our sci-fi lexicon. Dark matter particles have never actually been detected in response. Several cosmologists agree that the Big Bang Theory calculations have been fundamentally misguided. Even the falsified data falsification is a discussion for another impactful time. Wow. Okay, so now scientists are saying that, they're, that they're, the more they send out these these telescopes way into as far as they can get into outer space. Yeah. And which is kind of like a peek at the pack, the more that they're seeing more evidence that, that their theory about the big bang doesn't hold water anymore. Yeah, well. The more they, <laughs> the more they explore the universe, the more they, the more they see big bang doesn't cut it. And, uh, and this isn't, again, these aren't Christians saying this, this is the scientific, this was, this was a secular program that that was showing and coding a lot of, um, of of scientists and you know astronomers. They're having to rethink it all. Oh, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I wish they would do that with evolution. Oh <laughs> please, it's ridiculous. It came from any. I remember when I was on a flight one time coming. I can't remember where I was coming. I know I was flying to England and I was sitting next to a gentleman. We started talking and. He was working for a company that they were exploring, looking for oil. And I, I, I told him, I said, well, you, you probably could find oil just about anywhere. And he said, well, how? I said, well, fossils. Remember, God destroyed the earth with a flood. So the earth is full of fossils. Oh, he was, his face lit up like he never thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was a worldwide flood. Yeah. Well, God took something. God made something good having, out of that. They're having, they're having to recognize more and more evidence of the worldwide flood ever since every time they dig holes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You, you, would, you don't know what you're going to find, even if you, you dig in your own backyard and you go deep enough because it covered the earth. So you just don't know what you're going to find. Okay, Jackie, which one next? BBC? No, the moon. Okay, the moon. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. <laughs> and yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Can you imagine a technology and a society 
that can build an object 2,000 miles long, for 500 miles in diameter. Oh, this, this is an object that flew up and knocked the Soviet satellite out of orbit some years ago. The Soviets sent up damn first-rate satellite, and they wanted to take pictures of one of the moons. They wanted to take pictures of Phobos, one of the two moons of Mars. And while they were taking pictures, this object comes up from the surface of Mars, bumps the Soviet Phobos satellite, knocks it out of orbit, and it crashes. That's the moon, 12 miles in diameter. The Soviets planned to land on it. Well, someone else said, no, you're not going to do that. But that is a picture of Phobos, which they've all concluded is an artificial satellite. This photograph was taken by your own NASA Apollo 13 guys on their, their, their trip to the moon that didn't work out too well. And many of you may have heard rumors about the story, but Apollo 13 had a small nuclear device aboard. And they had been told by the guys that ran NASA that they were going to land on the surface, going to place this small nuclear device. And then when they all left and came back aboard and came back, they were going to detonate it and study the reverberations of this nuclear device, study the seismology of the moon, because they've been convinced for some years that the moon is basically hollow. It appears to be somewhat of an artificial satellite. Well, they plan to develop, detonate this nuclear device, and then the others said, no, no, you're not going to do that. And that object followed our Apollo 13 all the way to the moon, around and back. Now, whether they were trying to make sure the Apollo 13 guys got home safely or what, whether they were the ones responsible for Apollo 13's little accident, which kept them from landing on the moon and placing that nuclear device. Who knows? We may find out someday. But there's that one big object out there. I'm sure they got a crew of hundreds, maybe a couple of thousand. The ones I refer to as the others. I hate the term alien. I hate the term UFO. There are no UFOs. We've known what they are for years and years and years. Some of them are ours, some of them are theirs. There's no unidentified flying objects out there. They're all identified. <laughs> yeah, now see, that was um, Von Zonikin. He's the one that wrote the book, The Chariots of the Gods. This was, he posted this the other day. That's Robert Dean. I don't, I think that guy's long gone. But, um, but see, this stuff is heating up too, all these, uh, you know, UFO sightings and everything. Yeah. And, um, and, and, you know, a lot of these guys now are saying, you know, there's going to be this big disclosure and everything and everybody's waiting for it, but it's, he, it keeps picking up you all the more. And somehow all these things come together and, you know, it's hard to say exactly how, but it, it but you see, it's all going to be bringing in all kinds of fear and, you know, crazy stuff that, um, you know, that, people will be, you know, living in fear. It, a lot of this stuff is making people so afraid. And I think that's why, you know, things like these, what do they call them? Um, those, those headsets where 
you know, you look like you, you're in a room that you're a not virtual really in. reality. Yeah, the, yeah, Oculus, I think is what they're called. And, yeah. and you know, they want to they want to invent the ho- the the holodeck, you know, from Star Trek, because at least that way you can escape all because reality bites, you know. Yeah, and so well, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, and and, and it's, it's I just thought it was it was interesting that all these different things have their where science is trying to reinvent everything, you know, all their old science is falling apart. And now they're coming up with, like I was saying before, new mythology. Yeah, new mythology. And, yeah. 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 And, 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 I and it's going to be the basis of the new religion. Yeah. Well, that's why and, it's dangerous. It's dangerous for Christians to buy into this because it is. It is going to be the basis well, for the new religion. If you can talk about it, it should be in showing where these things are leading to deception. Yeah, exactly. And, right. And to, to watch out for for deception because it is going to increase. And, you know, because they're recreating it. Again, now there's no Big Bang, which is fine with me. <laughs> because uh, God spoke the universe into being. Yeah, he spoke but, it into being. You know. I think I there was a, a, a scripture in Ecclesiastes, I think it is, where it says, don't don't read too many books. <laughs> well, but you see, everything is, everything is changing. They're even trying to, and so in order to get these changes into everybody's mind to believe these deceptions, they have to have full control of people's thoughts. They've got, you yeah. know, like 1984 thought police this stuff has yeah, to, police, in, yeah. and it is it is you know there is a there is someone behind the conspiracy it's the spirit of antichrist yeah and he's the one pulling the strings yeah <laughs> and exactly. no one else could think this stuff up well this, yeah. he's given it all right now and that's why uh we have to study to show ourselves approved. And don't take just anybody that comes along that says, I'm a Christian. And you have to look at the fruit in their life as far as are they honest, do they have integrity, that kind of thing. And you can't just take everybody for face value because that's going to be part of this whole deception is these phony Christians that are out there. Oh, sure. (laughs) Because, well, of course, that's always been the case, but certainly as things heat up, yeah. uh, Christians, professing Christians are going to be, have their faith tested. They're, you know, this, as, as we get closer to these events and everything, how are we going to respond to these things? Would, would we be willing to go to, you know, to the guillotine uh, for not... We're not rejecting Christ if that's what they tell us to do and we refuse to do it. So, you know, we don't, you know, the the, the hatred against Christians is, is just on the increase so much. And not only that, but even that recent Pew, the, the Pew poll that was taken is showing this, that Christianity is going to be, you know, maybe, what did they say? It was going to be a minority in America. Uh, within the next 20 years. Oh, it already that, is a minority as far as yeah, real Bible-believing yeah, Christians because you see right. a lot of conflict just in within, if you're trying to tell somebody something, 
and warn them about something. They get angry at you because you're trying to warn them about something. So, yeah. yeah. Ecclesiastes 12, 12. And further, by these, my son, be admonished of making many books. There is no end, and mm-hmm. much study is a weariness of the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. Yeah, I love that one, too. <laughs> That's it, because you have all these brilliant minds but yet they can tell you we came from an ape. Well, that's our show for today. So we've uh, we've touched on so many topics of interest. Uh, it's I've never seen the world in this condition in my lifetime. Anyway, I every day I'm amazed at something new that's going on. Well, and yet there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. But we can still have joy and try to make it through. I I noticed that too with all the communication. I've been trying to work out this thing this thing with my transfer to Spreaker since May, and you can't really communicate. They don't answer the the support people. Don't answer you for weeks, days, and weeks at a time. And then when they do answer you, they give you the wrong information, and. You would think in the in this day of all this communication that we have, we still can't communicate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, breakdown. Communication breakdown. There is a communication breakdown. There really is. Because I'm surprised yeah. at uh, how people, they can hear, they'll hear something, but they're not really hearing it. And yet they won't, then they, they won't take the time or they don't have the time. And that's why we have people like us and there's other people on the internet that do research and, and we find out things. And so that you would hope that people would trust your research, but of course they should always check it out too. By, uh, yeah, I always like to give sources, you know, give the sources and people can read those things and look it up themselves. Yeah. But even, even sometimes when you give the sources, they're not hearing they're they're really not listening to what the source says. It's I, I don't know I I don't know what it is with uh, I guess maybe it's critical thinking or something that that uh, they've managed to do with all the propaganda and the brainwashing that they do all the time. That it kind of it does something to the way people think if they don't wash their brains out with the water of the word, you know. <laughs> Well, that's what we need. We need to stay plugged into the word and to not not ever deny his name, no matter what. No, never. No, we'll never forget what he's done for us. But All right, Jackie, mm-hmm. so how can people contact you? Well, they can get on my, on my uh, mailing list. I send out a monthly newsletter. Just go to christiansentinel.com for that. And Join me, Jackie Elnor, on Facebook, and we have a lot of interesting conversations there, and I always post things that I think are pertinent to the signs of the times, and then uh, we have discussions, so join us. Yeah, that's, it's, that's a good outlet there, and they can contact Jackie there, and she's got her website, The Christian Sentinel, yeah, and her book, The United States of Israel, which... Most people don't understand. <laughs> but, 
if they read it, they have a better understanding. Yeah, well, if they read it and see what it is, because they could say, wow, what's this now? Is she saying the United States is Israel? And so you have to read it and, yeah. and understand what it's saying. You can't just take things at face value or because somebody else said something, which people do that too. They say things and they don't read it either. No, they misread between yeah. the lines. Yeah. And you, you can't do that. You have to be a good Berean and uh, check it out for yourself. But thanks for coming on today, Jackie. Always my pleasure, Susan. Yeah, we'll see you next month for another okay. exciting edition. <laughs> okay. Okay, God bless. All right, everybody, that's our program for today. And we want to thank everybody that's been listening over these many, many years. And don't forget, we're going over to Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, will be found over there for now. And uh, wouldn't it be great to have uh, your own radio station or something like that? It would, it would be a good idea. You just don't know how long you're going to last on these platforms with how... Uh, how long they're going to let you say things. I have to, Block Talk Radio, of course, they never censored your speech, which was great. And I'll see how things go over on Spreaker and uh, how long we'll stay there. If, uh, if things don't work out there, there's other platforms that are available. But that's it for now, that we'll still be broadcasting once a week. And the programs will be available there. And they're, they're available on iTunes and Spotify and Google, uh, Amazon Music. The program's everywhere. So, Also, if you want to contact me, you can contact me, Susan, at propheticnews.com. And I appreciate your input. If you, if you have questions and you, uh, if, if there's something you want to run by me, that's fine. And uh, if I'm wrong about something, I'm wrong. I can admit I'm wrong. And uh, so I appreciate your comments and your questions. So we, we have to remember now the most important thing because we say, oh, look at all these things that are going on in the world. But Jesus Christ is still Lord. And maybe you don't know Jesus Christ today. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 5.12, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, but there is a way out. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus said in the third chapter of John that you must be born again. First you're born of your mother, then you must be born again of the Spirit of God. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your life today. Ask him to give you a brand new life and to forgive you of your sins. Only Jesus can give you real peace and real joy. Give your life to him today. God bless you.